0: The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting
1: Corporation. W-T-B-Q. Uh,
2: good morning, everybody, and uh, this is Stephen Keter with the Free Speech Show, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody who is listening. We have a wonderful show today. As always, with me on the air today is Jay Westerveld, and we have a special guest, and I would lay, let Jay to introduce a special guest that we have today. Oh,
1: thank you. And Happy New Year, Stephen. Thank you. And uh, Happy New Year to listeners. So our guest today is a young lady who I met um, about 20 years ago here in Warwick. Actually, geez, one of the few times I ever walked in there. I think we went to hear Mark Sly play. Yes, exactly. Uh, you, you, were, you were with uh, actually the fellow you eventually married. And um, I was in there with a friend. And uh, we ran into each other and talked about a lot of things, especially NGO stuff. Anyway. Our guest today is Lisa Weisbrode. Lisa is the former executive director of the Warwick Historical Society or I should say the uh Historical Society of the, the Town, Town of Warwick. Of Warwick. Exactly. Um, yeah, I always I often get that order wrong. And it's interesting for me because uh I'm one of the found, original founders, really the founder of the Sugarloaf Historical Society and um as a result of that, I've learned a lot about the crazy process of incorporating those things. But Lisa's acumen goes far, far, far back with uh, NGOs. Lisa, I believe when you were at Fordham, yes. uh, you were. Your first job was uh, with um, the New York Botanical Garden.
0: So, actually, while I was attending Fordham, it was my summer job. I I taught children's gardening in the children's garden there. Cool. Uh, Really just a fun, incredible experience. And then, actually, after I graduated a few years down the line, I became the marketing manager for their continuing education department. Oh,
1: that's cool. It's a great place. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's
0: so beautiful there.
1: And and, Yeah, I I absolutely love that place. Spent a lot of time there, and of course, not too far, uh, just on the other side of Rose Hill over at the Bronx Zoo. And then you were with, at some point, the Gardening Conservancy uh, over in Putnam County, and I think you were the national uh, membership manager for them.
0: Yes, I was. Um, so they're based over in Garrison mm-hmm. um, in, at a place called Winter Hill, which is really an amazing building. Um, it's a hub of nonprofits. The, <laughs> the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival stores yes. the costumes in the basement there, which was always fun to go down into the basement. Sure. You know, raid that for Halloween. Sure. Um, and then the Hudson Highlands Land Trust and the Garden Conservancy were
1: there. So oh, so cool.
0: really just uh, a fantastic, just group of nonprofits that could all kind of work off of each other
1: sort of um, an ngo cluster
0: yeah exactly um but what's great the garden conservancy has a tie to warwick in that they we did the feasibility study for meadowburn farm oh yeah r- officially vernon but i just i still think of it as still
1: warwick greater somehow. warwick exactly yeah, to, to anyone from here we always consider vernon to be part of greater warwick for right. sure
0: and if if you haven't been there it's absolutely one of the most beautiful gardens Uh, formerly owned by Sir Rutherford Eli's wife, who was the founding member of one of the founding members of the Garden Club of America. Cool. And they have the most incredible dahlias uh, that were actually thought to be extinct. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Varietals are funny that way because you'll get these heirlooms that disappear, uh, you know, for centuries. And then someone Find seeds that are somehow viable, and it, that does happen. It's a it's a wild thing, and science is making great strides forward with that now. And you were with you were the development director with the Orange County Land Trust.
0: Yes, um, wow. Yeah, actually, I was I first started volunteering with the Land Trust when they were based in Sugarloaf at the Zelligman Center. Sure. Uh, which I think you have ties to.
1: Yeah, ties, uh, yeah. way back when, in fact, the original farm there was from my family, that, the right. Woods I family, remember hearing way that. back and when, there's sure. a small
0: cemetery, I think, in the back yep. of the Woods family there. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: absolutely, they're right there. Yeah, they're-
0: yeah, so um, that's an incredible, incredible space. Um, and the Land Trust is just a fantastic organization. They are. Uh, Jim Delon is still at the head of it. He is. So he announced his retirement. I guess he's going um, to. And good for him. Yeah, you know, for sure. He really has put uh had a long term effect on Orange County and everything he's done for Orange County. He's a he's a pretty great guy.
1: He's an amazing guy, and I think that having a little m- more free time will allow him to uh, blaze around on that Ducati all <laughs> over Ab- County.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and in his his incredible wife Sophie, who's oh, yeah. a a Tai Chi master. Yes, yeah, she they're is. just They're they're neat. Neat people, and and the land trust, as I said, um, they have very strong ties to Warwick. In that they, uh, well, I'm assuming they still do. At least when I was there, they um, really helped with the whole PDR process. And what they they do is they monitor the lands. So we would go out and walk the lands, making sure everything was, um, you know, in compliance to to what was said was going to happen there. And they also um, eventually took over the Warwick Conservancy.
1: I didn't know that because yes. I always wonder what happened to the conservancy. So, That's interesting.
0: And, and I think it was a really smart move. You know, the conservancy, you know, I feel bad saying this, but the, the founding members were aging out. Some of them had moved out of the community. Um, who
1: was the guy who was sort of the director? Andy he moved, McLaughlin. Andy, because, you know, I met Andy and Jim both through, um, uh, Aqua. no, it was the Orange County, Ocasa Orange County Open Space Alliance. Okay, and yes. they both uh, headed that up at various yeah. times, and um, it was really interesting to actually make both of those connections. And I'm not at all surprised that that's where the Warwick Conservancy went. Yeah, and it, it
0: was a, it was a great move, and that you know they had some they, their funds were dwindling, you know, so it was harder for them to keep going. Um, it was harder for them to to monitor their lands, to do everything like that. So having sure. the land trust take them over. Not, not only gave them uh, the means to keep preserving the land, but also gave them more credibility because the land trust is an accredited land trust through the Land Trust Alliance. So it gave them this national exposure and national credibility that they didn't have before
1: that's interesting and, and also yeah it even helps with things that uh national exposure and accreditation help with things like insurance and all and oh, even sure. enforcement shops it's yeah. funny because stewardship is very difficult to enforce it's a strange thing well that's cool now how long were you with the historical society of uh, the, the town, town of warwick?
0: warwick um i started there i so as i said i had um Left, was I volunteering at the historical society? There's a crossover actually between some people at the land trust and the historical society, and the land trust was moving to Cornwall. Yep, um, I live here in Warwick. My kids are here in Warwick, so you know I thought oh, that's a little bit of a haul for me, um, and I started there in. I think it was February of 2015. Okay. And I was there until the latter end of 2019. Okay. So um a lot of changes happened while I was there. Some some people liked them, some people didn't, but uh it's just life. It's life, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: you, you know, you're not going to please all the people all Change the time. Change is never easy. <laughs> but a lot of the changes that you implemented, probably all of them were profitable. I would think
0: I would hope. I yeah. would definitely hope so, um, that they're still profitable. And uh, I look at nonprofits in a really different way um, because I also have for profit experience. I had yes. worked um, for Optimum uh, for about eight years. Um, so I wow. was yeah, I was in in a great program called Power to Learn There uh, in their PR department. So I worked with political figures. Um, and school districts and libraries to promote optimum products, but also to bring great programming. Um, you know, so I bring that for-profit experience to the nonprofit land,
1: and that's what's sometimes missing because people don't understand. Especially the ED, the executive director, uh, not to be confused with any um, pop med- medical terms you'll see in late-night TV commercials. <laughs> but the ED, their their job is really to. Find funding and write grants. I would think. I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of like being a um, a town supervisor. Typically, that's usually their job. Tim Diltz said to me back in when he was the town supervisor for the town of Chester, uh, we were talking about it. He said, "My job, Jay, is to write find grants and write them."
0: There you
1: go. And you know, he did a cool thing for the town of Chester. He hired a professional grant writer who worked with all of those other groups, certainly the Land Trust, uh, Ocosa, possibly the Historical Society. That was uh, Simon Gruber, who was just- a phenomenal yep. grant writer. Yes, you know, he uh, is. He's, he really knows how to sniff those things out and how to get the wording right. You know, people don't understand verbiage. No,
0: uh, I, he, he is a great grant writer. I got to sit next to him at a Hudson Highlands Land Trust gala mm-hmm. that was over at, was it at Boscobel, I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was an beautiful amazing, place, beautiful, you know, yes. just to overlook the Hudson and fireworks and the whole nine yards. But we had some good talks about grants, and, and he actually pointed at me in a lot of good directions, which was great. Interesting. Um, and we, you know, the Historical Society, while I was there, we did receive, we received over a dozen grants. Um, wow. Some really small, some big. Uh, you know, the one larger one was from the Library of Congress because the Historical Society, most people don't know this, but their education team um, has over a dozen members, all with higher education, masters and above. Yes. Um, and then they worked directly with the school district, right? So they were able to get this grant to, to work directly with the school district from the Library of Congress.
1: Excellent. Were you, uh, were you helpful with that grant?
0: Um, I came in at the tail end of it, but I did the editing kind of put, put in the grantees, wording, oh boy. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know, from the education team who wrote it and then putting in the grant language was important, obviously.
2: Well, uh, we're going to go into the uh, first uh, advertising break and we will continue right after.
3: Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT. Or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices.
0: Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon
1: on radio worth listening to. This is Barbara Martinez inviting you to tune in every Friday at 12 noon for Business Connects. Join me each week to hear about exciting new vendors at Emporium Square in Middletown, a 21st century way to shop,
3: right here on Radio Worth Listening To.
1: W-T-B-Q. And we're back with free speech. I'm Stephen Keeter. Not really. I'm Jay <laughs> Westervelt. I'm sort of Stephen's permanent uh, guest host here on the show. Stephen's, of, of course, here. Um, we have a guest today, it's Ms. Lisa Weissbrod, who is the recent, uh, or up until recently, about a year ago, the uh, Executive Director of the Historical Society of the Town of Warwick, but prior to that she was with the Garden Conservancy, the Orange County Land Trust, the New York Botanical Garden, uh, etc. And we were just talking about some of the... Profitable—I shouldn't say profitable when we're talking about a not-for-profit corporation. Right. <laughs> but anyway, the, the the sort of useful things that help to bring money in to th- these organizations uh, mm-hmm. for whom you worked, and I know it's very very difficult. It's an I say it on every show. I say onerous task, but it is to write grants. It's something with which I struggle. um And you did a lot of interesting grant writing,
2: and. Um, Stephen, we've, we've talked about that quite a bit ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, I think the question of uh, solvency of uh, nonprofits came up uh, during the election, and uh, I've been uh, even accused of uh, calling for <laughs> the dismantling or, you know… Uh, <laughs> not of the Sugarloaf Historical Society. <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs> which obviously uh, wasn't uh, true, uh, <laughs> but it, it is a very interesting subject. And uh, obviously, you know, it uh, relates to everyone who's listening, everyone who lives uh, in the Warwick area. We all uh, sort of uh, pay in taxes. We all live in the area. We all treasure our history, and uh, it, it uh, essentially uh, brings up uh, interest in each and everybody who is who lives here or listens to the show. Uh, I find it very very interesting that uh, you know, like you you said, you brought in uh, from the corporate world uh, certain uh, knowledge to know how to bring money and revenue into nonprofits. Right. Uh, and if I'm uh, not mistaken, you were instrumental in uh, assisting in making historical society bring money, uh, opening a bad tavern.
0: Yes, exactly. Restoring yeah. it to sort
2: of historical glory and uh, using it in the same tavern capacity.
0: Uh, which I think is just so great that it's a tavern again, number one. But my first job I felt as the direct, the new director at the Historical Society was to obviously take a look at our finances at the time. And after looking at them, I, I thought, how do we make each of our buildings hopefully self-sustainable? Or at least get a few of our buildings, uh, 12, 13 properties, um at the, the historical society owns if we could get a few of those buildings to help us pay to to maintain all the others and uh, the obviously obvious first choice was Bear tavern its location sure. its location is their number one because it is at the crossroads of the king's highway and so it's it was the perfect location to originally be built but it's also the perfect location to have a tavern now
1: um, and it's also one of the oldest, if not the oldest, of the buildings that you guys have. I don't know, but it's... Shingle House open. is the oldest. Shingle House, yes. sure.
0: Shingle House is the oldest. And actually, that was another grant that the Historical Society had received before I was there. Um, I, I did the um, working with our, our architect, obviously. We did the reimbursement. That was a state grant. Um, but Shingle House is the oldest. Bear Tavern, I think, is the second oldest, 1764. Or, that don't is quote old. me, 1766, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you could actually see the date on the back of the building. Sure. It's like, um, of course, you'll, you, know, you always have those. But um, yeah, I just thought, you know, here's this amazing building that maybe at the time you know when we were open for tours, for our, the fourth grade tours that uh, every student in Warwick remembers, um, you know, if we got 500 people through there a year, that was good. Wow. wow. I was thinking let's try to get that in there every week and right. let's get them to stay and let's get, you know, let's get them to sit, to have a grog where Washington had a grog. Yeah, I mean, we have sure. proof of that in the papers. Washington was there and, and had, you know, drank, had a grog, um, and approached a local entrepreneur, uh, and restaurant owner entrepreneur, uh, Adam Powers to, to open it up. And, um, you know, it was a long process. Not everybody was for it. Uh, there were some really difficult times, um, very difficult times, in getting it approved. Um, I can imagine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of sleepless nights. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. But um, but ultimately, it's a fantastic business. We have received a lot of press um uh, front page or the cover of orange magazine with a really great i think it's a six page article in that's the magazine itself it was a home run and
1: that's a good magazine It, it is. A it really magazine. is
0: um it's great exposure it, it, exposure is is the key especially for a business like like a tavern um yeah. you know and it's I can't remember how many years he's there now, probably four or five.
3: I would think, yeah. I think
0: about five years. Think, and it's, from what I understand, going strong. And, and, you know, I see I see people posting on Facebook all the time about the Trivia Tuesdays and the Mug Nights on Wednesdays. And, you know, I just think it's great that it's now a community place again, but it's also bringing revenue. In the, yeah, that second it, part, especially. Yeah. You know, it's bringing the, the, monthly, um, the monthly rent, obviously um adam does a wonderful job of maintaining a lot of the building um you know so it's really there's a membership now the membership was part of the historical society in the first year so we did receive all of the bear tavern members who bought those mugs that hang in bear tavern um all of the contact information was given to the historical society and we you know, on the waiver you were given permission we were given permission to contact them to renew their membership yearly
1: that's a really really good way to do it exactly Actually, where it's not direct but right the opening is there yes i give per- that's right. good and that's good to know I, I never really understood how it was done yeah so yeah. that that's
2: cool i and know so-
0: it was a little confusing for, for a little bit there no but- tevin
2: is a good example of thinking outside the box and finding those angles or new ways of revenue i uh, i can test, uh, you know, the, what the, what the, once it became open, I actually uh, had a, one of my birthdays celebrated there. Oh, that's great. Front. I
0: didn't know <laughs> that. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's a great way to, to learn uh, about the history, local history, and, uh, and it? it's a great way to support uh, the historical society. Now with, with that said, with the, uh, being in NGO status and nonprofit, uh, and, uh, you know, the building doesn't pay any taxes. Now it collects and brings in revenues so
0: that's interesting because so adam has the main floor of the building the next the two levels upstairs the second and then the attic are still maintained by the historical society they are uh, we're not permitted we weren't permitted to use the word museum but they are used for um historical education purposes
1: wait let me just jump in and i apologize lisa why why weren't you allowed to use the, I, I know that there's a separate incorporation process exactly. for museums. Exactly. But I thought, but you guys can hold collections, but yes. you cannot be a museum. Okay, Precisely. gotcha. We hold okay.
0: collections, but we're not considered a museum.
1: Got you, that's interesting. Yes. That's a, a, a cool distinction. Absolutely. And I know that getting the museum uh, and that's not separate chartering. Is that a different incorporation? Or? I believe it
0: is, yeah. It's kind
1: of strange. Yeah. It, that's really difficult and it is. probably never worth it.
0: I don't think it is because no. I know that was looked into by the board and by by our the, the board attorney, and it just really wasn't. This is the way to go. Yes, um, yes. So, but going back to that, uh, when Adam came in and there was a for-profit business on one level, the the town or the village... Village, probably, probably mm-hmm. village. Probably village. Um, they do an assessment to the percentage of the building that is for is for profit.
1: Mm-hmm. So then
0: taxes are put on that portion of the building. So, so taxes are, are levied
1: on it, even though it's only the tenant who's the uh,
0: precisely
1: interesting. Yeah That's so good. there
0: there are taxes that are paid there, um, and then of course the historical society does pay. Um, what is it? Ambulance? Um, right. What is that tax? So that's all paid for as well. But yes, there is a tax for that portion of the building, just just as in the historical society rented out the 18, 1810 house.
1: I don't ask me. I always get confused because in Goshen oh gosh. there's the the one county building that's right. the eighteen. 18- Exactly. So, so I always confuse the two.
0: Uh, but Bertolini and Company, yeah. uh, an antique shop and an interior design firm is there. So same thing happened there. They're on the base floor, but collections are on the second floor. Um, so it's not 100% a for-profit building. So portions of the building are taxed.
1: Interesting. Very yeah. interesting.
0: And that's always uh, considered into what the rent is going to be.
2: At the same time, uh, the uh, the only uh, portion that is taxed is the one that brings in and actually generates revenue. Precisely. So there's Precisely. really, uh, there's no burden, so to speak. As long as the Excellent. tenant is there, paying, the paying rent, right. there's no really burden or there's no money coming out. Precisely. That's, that's a great distinction. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, you also think the one thing I thought about, too, was um, utilities. Adam took over the utilities for that for that building which is a savings to the society. You know there's there's different ways to look at how to save too. And that's another thing is uh, at thinking outside the box. How can you save money
2: save the money earned? They Absolutely. Go,
0: um, you know one of the biggest expenses at the historical society was landscaping. 13 properties is a lot maintain i mean at times i really felt like i was more of a property manager well i think village,
2: yeah. village uh, i think uh, village employees actually are taking care of it uh, they
0: they do take care of lewis park now exactly and but prior to that no we had private landscapers and we're paying a pretty penny for it Yeah. um and you know the village most people actually think lewis park is a public park that that's owned by the village and um you know we've had people uh, i've would walk past and I'd see people having birthday parties there. And I'm like, hi, it's a, you know, it's open to the public, but But, you should really approach for insurance purposes, obviously, you know, we're happy to let, we were happy to let people use it. And obviously they still are happy to let people use it. But, um, you know, it was great when we approached the, the village, um, they put it before the, their board and they did approve that the, that the DPW now, mows and trims and how long did
2: did that take because i know it's notoriously a long and painful process yeah exactly i don't i don't remember exactly how long
0: (laughs) no nothing's fast (laughs) (laughs) nothing's fast it was a long process um but it but it finally got done which is which is great but it was months Definitely, you know, it wasn't a, the the right. first board meeting. You have to do the proposal and then get on the docket, and you know that whole the whole yeah, nine yards.
1: It is not a quick slam dunk process at no. all. That's that's pretty impressive that that happened. And during that time, um, you know, I I lived really close to the, Lewis right. Parker yeah. would see yep. it. Uh, so I I, re, I remember the changeover, and I remember being kind of surprised, and then I I found out that that's. Uh, That was what had happened, because I thought, man, that's really odd that, you know, village, you know, uh, taxpayer-funded employees are mowing that private society's yard. But I think in the end it worked out because people are allowed to use it. Precisely. So that use, you know, letting the public use it certainly seemed to be a good reason to uh, get some kind of uh, municipal buy-in.
0: Right, absolutely. Well, and the public uses it for um, the annual Christmas Eve. Sure. Unfortunately, this year was a little different, You know, but uh, um, the the Christmas tree lighting that the firehouse does. So it's used for many, many different um, public events. So sure. it really just made sense that um, that the village was you know, kicked in and did that, which was really, we were thrilled. Yeah, no, no, it's,
1: it sounds it, definitely. And it's something uh, about which to be thrilled. And it's certainly food for thought for Uh, future projects and things of that nature where the public's actually allowed access, you know, hey, maybe the municipality can help out a little too. Uh, It's interesting.
2: Now, uh, but did, uh, during your years uh, being an executive director of historical society, did you ever went any further? Because I understand you haven't been uh, holding that post for the past year or so. And uh, all of a sudden I hear a lot of uh, sort of like calls to, you know, To bring historical society on on a balance of taxes, of uh, sort of like uh, because there's been a lot of suggestions. I remember during the uh, last board election campaign in the village, uh, people suggesting and seeing, and as one of the candidates, uh, I was interviewed and asked, "What do you think? What's your opinion on it? Could that be supported by (laughs) uh, (laughs) public funds?"
0: That's well, number one, it's a tough one um, to say because.
2: And why is the historical uh, and, society and, and also? Of the I wanted town. to ask you why, why all of a sudden this is so relevant today? Was it that uh, urgent uh, during the years you were uh, presiding over the historical society?
0: It's the historical societies in general are not doing well. It's, it's a tough business, really. There's unfortunately not a ton of interest in history right now. I think 8% of college majors are history majors. Which that's is an interesting which is kind stat. of sad because it it's is. it should be. I did some research in this, and it's between history and philosophy, which was my major. Um, they're two of the best majors for law students, for potential law students. Sure. Um, so you know that's kind of sad, but there is this loss of interest um, as far as the taxes. It's as Jay has pointed out. It is the Historical Society of the Town of Warwick. Um, so the concern about it coming from village taxes could be it could be a, con- a valid concern um because it isn't just the village it's not just for the village. it's for all of the residents um and sure. i don't live in the village but uh, as a village resident i could see a village resident being upset that they are funding something that's for the entire town well, also, I'm I think
1: uh, to me, it's like if you live in the village or the town and you pay taxes on your own home and you're struggling mm-hmm. and then you have a not for profit group who's already getting some tax money saying, well, now we want you guys to help us. You know, I mean, there's even a I think the ED is still a paid position there. You know? I would so assume they have, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's more than a full time job. So, and, oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. So
1: they've got somebody with a full time job there already. You know. To me, and I'm not pointing a finger at this historical society specifically, um, it just seems like you're asking the taxpayers, many of whom are unemployed and struggling to pay taxes on their own properties and homes or just make their rent, uh, you're asking them to... Support somebody's, you know, sixty-five thousand dollar or higher annual salary, and to help keep those buildings going when it's hard enough, you know, to keep right. your own place solvent.
0: Yeah, and and I will say I don't know what the salary of the ED now. Yeah, is Yeah, and I'm there not. It's not all. a gotcha. Right, I, right. As
1: Taylor always says, it's not gotcha radio. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's kind of my opinion. Like with the Sugarloaf Historical Society, we pay our taxes, and every year, in fact, uh, we pay in both Chester and um, Warwick because mm-hmm. Warwick School District. That's when I true. speak to the tax collector, he, he says to me, Jay, you're not-for-profit, why do you guys insist on doing this? And, you know, on the advice of our um, treasurer, Mort Sullivan, you know, who yep. was a, a bond trader uh, in Manhattan at a sure. great firm, he, uh, he just said, look, it's worth just paying the taxes. Don't, don't get into corporate welfare at this level. We're an historical society, let's be a part of the community, let's not take from the community. Take from it." So that was Mort's, you know, uh, you know sort of paying to me so we we do that our taxes are pretty low we still you know we still have to work to get that money to pay those taxes but uh, a lot of us you know a lot of the board actually just kick in from their own pockets so it's an interesting situation
0: so i think there's also other ways to approach funding too um one of the things that we tried when i was there and i and i think honestly i could have put more effort into it um Towns or villages with a vibrant historical society, such as this one, um, the real estate goes up, if I believe uh, pro- real estate property will go up 12%. Interesting. So why, like, we did have great support from, um, oh, what are they now, on Railroad Avenue, uh, Better Homes and Gardens Rand. Oh, sure. Um, they were great supporters, but the realtors should really be supporting because they're making better commissions. Because the properties are are higher value, twelve percent higher.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, so you that's know that's a good angle to it's look at it's that. a
0: great way to look at that. You know, maybe they should be gifting every one of their new home buyers a membership, a family membership. That's a great so that idea. increases membership. <laughs> so essentially,
2: it's a job of historical society itself, or people that run on board of historical society to pique that interest to, right. to make sure that uh, they enlist a number or sign in the number of uh, members. Very, very interesting. I would like to continue on that thought right after the break, if we can.
0: The Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT, or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York, for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices.
1: Hi, this is Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. Join me and my guests every Monday on the Roundtable at 9 a.m. A.m., 1110, 93.5 FM, WTBQ. Hi, this is John Stein, host of the Hootenanny Cafe, inviting you to join me every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here, 93.5 FM or WTBQ.com, for the best in folk music anywhere. WTBQ, WTBQ.
3: For the afternoon, clouds and a few intervals of sun, breezy at times, but mild, 45 to 50. Mainly clear tonight, colder in the low and mid-20s. Sunday, cloudy, and with a storm moving up the eastern seaboard, snow will be developing by afternoon, 30 to 35. Snow or a wintry mix ends later Sunday night, a few inches seem likely. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks Meteorologist John Leo.
2: WTVU. And we are back with the Free Speech Show. here. Is Stephen Keeter with Jay Westervelt and Lisa Weisbrod. And uh, we were discussing in uh, creative ways of uh, sort of uh, to bring the revenue into non specifically in the historical society, which uh, Lisa was an executive director of. And uh, I believe once before we got interrupted by uh, advertising break, we were talking about uh, many... Sort of different ways: how to find sponsors, how to get new members. Right. And you were talking about real estate.
0: Real estate's a great way. Um, it's a way that I, I really think I could have pushed a little bit more when I was there. Um, but working with the realtors uh, to get these new residents in this town interested in the historical society, gifting. You know, I know when I moved, um, when I bought my house, uh, Marie Penning's actually gave me a beautiful tree that I planted in my backyard as a gift. She was my realtor. And, um, but why not make that a family membership to the historical society? And your and
1: justification, just, I don't mean to interrupt you, Lisa, yeah. you know, it's what I do best, <laughs> but your justification that you brought up before the break was that there's a statistic that you researched. Maybe you yes, could just bring and that I be- up one I more I believe
0: time. it's 12% um, that property values increase 12% when you have an active historical society within the community. This pre- the preservation of these buildings and properties is what's so important. I think so active important. is the key word here. Right.
1: That yeah. Great distinction, Stephen.
0: Very true. Um, But there's, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking about this one one position that I didn't mention. It's actually the first position I had when I moved to Orange County over 20 years ago. I was the director of marketing for the uh, Harness Racing Museum in Hall of Fame. Yes, I forgot. For for quite a while. Sure. Uh, Beautiful place,
2: by the way. Absolutely. Oh, isn't it incredible? Absolutely. And they it's get it right. So,
0: it's, so, it's so great. Now it's free for everybody. If And just anybody who's out there, it's a great place for kids. Like, you wouldn't think about harness racing and kids. No, oh, you wouldn't. You my, wouldn't.
2: My kids growing up, they had the birthday parties all the time. There? The, yep. That's, I, that's the time. it, the park. The there cool. are
0: fantastic. And that, that 3D simulator, yep. oh my God, it's so much fun. And it's about history, really. That building is about history. Yep. It's not about gambling. It's I don't gamble. F- I've never seen a harness race in my life, and I became their director of marketing. But what I went in is the historical aspect of this, you know, Hambletonian being born right here. But he, I started looking at the way they were doing, for instance, their souvenir journal for their gala. And it made a couple thousand dollars, maybe. And I thought, why aren't we approaching OTB? <laughs> what, really, we didn't yeah. approach OTB for advertising and sponsorship. Well, we increased our first year to over 15,000, make on that wow. journal. Because alone. You, because we, I, I approached corporate sponsors, OTB, big standard bread racing farms, the Meadowlands, you yeah. know, Scarborough Downs, what, whatever, all of these different places, Belmont. They all have a, st- have a stake in it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a different way it to just approach takes an effort. funding. It
2: takes an effort thinking outside the box and bringing yes. something, new thoughts to right. it. and uh,
0: The for-profit into the, you know, into the non-profit, nonprofit world. And running, actually, I will say, Michael Bertolini always said this when I came into the historical society, was run this like a business. And yeah. that's, that's my approach to it. Run it like it's a business. This is not like it's a private club, <clears throat> not like it's a hobby. Um, run this like it's a business. And that's how you're going to make it sustainable. That's my belief, at
1: least. And it's, you know, during your tenure there, it certainly was run like a business, and it certainly seemed like some, uh, y- you know, some great strides forward were made in great. terms of funding yeah. and, and cool, interesting things.
0: Well, that's it. And, you know... Um, I just want to go back to what they do in the schools, um, which is so key. That Library of Congress grant really was Marianne Knight, uh, who's the, actually the president of the historical society, of the board, and she's also the head of the education team. She was the person instrumental in getting that, her and Ivy Tulin, um, and the whole education team. But um, th- they have a plan that took hours and hours and hours. They go into every single grade level at the schools with um, programming based on the core curriculum. So you can go in and say, like, 2B, like, whatever, that's about you know, local American history. Right. And it's all pinpointed in this incredible, incredible spreadsheet. That, you know, what's interesting, this is what's so funny, though. My first year there for the fourth grade tours, I sent home a letter with every student. So that's 250, kids saying, sure. Talk to your kids about what they saw today. This, they went to almost every one of our properties, talk to them, let them teach you about this. And I said, And here's a great offer. Here's a $20 family membership. You know?
1: That's great.
0: One came back. That's it. That's what was, I was like, where, all right, so where's our disconnect? And it's trying to find that, okay, where is that disconnect? Like, let's, how do we get the kids more involved? How do we get the parents more involved? And it's about making, making it more fun, um, you just said i think it's so neat that you know your kids had your birthday parties at the harness racing museum and and
2: they had a blast like, uh, and uh, i'm along with them
0: they yeah, they, I, they they those were such great programs and they were a huge money maker for the museum they were a huge right. money maker and things like that like bring that in bring that in. i had my daughter's this is pre baird tavern so but my daughter's eighth birthday at baird tavern pre the alcohol being mm-hmm. there <laughs> um we did a little tea party oh my gosh so I had twenty-five parents from Warwick with their children, and they were fascinated by this place. Yeah, they were I can fascinated, see that. and you know, so doing birthday parties—who who would think about doing yeah. something like that? But it could be, could be a good profit, profitable venture.
1: Not, not trying to get you to do your successor's job for them. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: she's yeah, a great yeah. idea. We're, so, we're no, not trying to take anybody through school here. No, no, of course. No. <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah. So, but, but, but there's all kinds of ways to think outside the box.
2: So. Well, and uh, obviously, you know, some uh, properties are more appealing to the general public. Uh, some are more historic, but uh, I don't want to say uh, boring, but maybe not as much use uh, for uh, a regular person out there. And some uh, sort of have an air of uh, historical significance, but not as much as we learned from uh, Petrock. Uh, Oh, man. You know, uh, plot and uh, being uh, on the board of uh, Historical Society, being an executive director, where does that uh, sit in? in, uh...
0: Well, when I was there, when I was working for the Historical Society, um, very casually someone approached me about pulpit rock. And, And really, the Historical Society obviously has 13 properties and it's a hard enough time taking care of 13 properties. To add on a new property, you know, it just couldn't happen. It It just, it it wasn't going to happen. Um, You know, so there wasn't an interest Uh, while while I was there and under the the leadership, the president and the board. While I was there, Um, you know, I'm going to speak personally for myself, uh, not as a historical society, not as a land trust person. Of course,
1: you're a private citizen. Right? Exactly.
0: I think it's, a, it's an incredible property that in the 20, 25 years I've been here was privately owned and I never got to walk on it. I never got to touch the rock. Um, and I think it would be pretty amazing if public could actually walk around the rock, you know, if there was some sort of public access to it. Because at least to my knowledge, in the whole time I've been here, there hasn't been.
1: No, no. That's I mean, we used to, you know, walking to and from school sometimes, you know, go to the village. Uh, we'd, we'd cut through there. Well. And it was a good spot to hang out. Uh, maybe I should had say, it's nicknames. Maybe
0: so. I should say legal, but <laughs> like yeah. legally jumping on the ride. But that's
1: the thing. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, of
0: course, it, I know the nicknames. So. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the nicknames for it, for right. sure. We, uh, we don't have to get into those no. on the air. But, you know, and not to drag you into any fray, sure. Lisa, that's certainly not. My objective, and definitely not Stephen's objective, but it's interesting that one of the people who was involved in the sale, who benefited from, who profited from it, screams and yells about needing public access, but he availed the public no access to it. Uh, Hmm. And really, I would have never heard of it. Most people I know have never ever heard of Pulpit Rock until uh, this. Uh, Other great noise about it.
0: I just thought it was a neat place. I didn't really know anything about it. Kind of a
1: cool spot, right? And and it it is a cool spot, and that's uh, Stephen's interest in it for sure. But it's just um, you know the only reason I knew about it was because John Bradner had brought me there in the Mm. seventies, you know, doing some digs uh, that yielded nothing substantial at all. But um, you know it was funny that it was all brought that way. But it, it did come across your desk when you were.
0: Very, in a society. very casual, not in an official way, but it did right. come across. I w- actually, I wasn't even at my desk. I think I was at a party when it came across. That's usually uh, how it works. Is. Right, it usually how it works? Or oh, a cocktail, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. exactly. Oh, a as,
2: as we've, we've heard uh, in previous shows. <laughs> this is how normally it's <laughs> <laughs> business conducted, I guess. So. Yeah. It's a fun <laughs> way <laughs> to, to do it. Exactly. To do.
0: Um, but yeah, so it did in a very casual way. Uh, d- it did come across my desk. Mm-hmm. but it's
2: so, Yeah, uh, yeah I, uh, and uh, you've been in... Um, member on conservancy boards and uh, related to, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the plans, but uh, we are planning, in fact, to turn this 10 acres of land to, to increase the biodiversity of it to, so you can find, the, I don't know, how in how many ways uh, you, you can actually multiply it to find uh, the variety of plants that are greater than uh, anywhere in, let's say in Orange County or maybe in even New York State.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's not too difficult to do if, again, not to use that uh, old expression, but you're thinking outside the box. Right. And, you know, as we've talked about, Stephen, it's, it's really exciting because it shouldn't be too difficult at all. There's not high plant biodiversity in any one area that small anywhere in the state, let alone the Northeast, but the site goes right down to the Wayweander Creek and then it goes right up to the dry top of that boulder in your field. And as mm. I've said on previous shows and in our our weekly ad in the Warwick Valley Dispatch, um, you know, we're gonna have our prickly pear plantings right on the dry rock. Wow, yeah, that's which awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome, you know, uh, to see that. So everyone in Warwick can go over and take a look at them and see the blossoms as they drive by. And then for part of our foraging hikes for both locavore and wild foraging, and. St- Steven's knowledge about foraging, especially for mushrooms, uh, I, I've learned a lot from the guy. And here I thought that I'm Johnny Forage. And that's
0: pretty incredible.
1: Brothers running around in his backyard Whoa. getting armfuls well, of I, shiitake.
0: You know, I, and that, that could in and of itself, could lead to such great exposure because I don't know if you know that uh, David Boulay and Daniel Boulou, their favorite place to forage is Harriman. There you go. In this area. I mean, two of the and top restaurateurs in, in Manhattan. Manhattan you know, if if you just, no, because like, we have such a variety
2: a from chanterelles That's, to shiitakes to maitakes, Wow, uh, all those mushrooms are present right here That's, in Hudson wow, right, right. right around, so in, and in Warwick. And it's simple to, especially with mushrooms
1: with spore cultures, to move those to analogous habitat right on your site and then make that part of these foraging walks and teach the public about that. That's and fun. that's just one tiny percentage of the educational you know, walks we want right. to do there. But the high plant biodiversity is just going to be stellar. That's, it will make it such a huge um, ecotourism that's uh, site. That's fantastic.
0: And I mean, that's, that, that's the growth industry right there is ecotourism, so. It
1: really is. And this will bring that right. sector of the growth industry for the first time to Warwick. So it's, yeah, it'll be interesting.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we get uh, another uh, advertising break in here too from our sponsors, and we'll right get back uh, right after this.
3: Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT. Or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Pierre-Louis, a clinical psychologist.
2: I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m.
1: This is Jay Westerveld inviting you to tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for Tales and Trails, where I'll share many journeys and stories from my global travels and from your neighborhood, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WGHT Pompton Lakes. Your community radio station since 1969. And we're back. With free speech. I almost said tails and trails. My show Monday mornings (laughs) on WTVQ. That was a sneak plug. (laughs) Oh yeah. It it was actually sincere because when I say those words and we're back, I naturally start to go into that. Um, But our guest today is Lisa Weisbrod, who was until pretty recently the executive director for quite a few years of the... Historical Society of the Town of Warwick. Previous to that, she'd been with the Harness Museum. She'd been with the New York Botanical Garden, the Garden Conservancy. The Stop, Ar-
0: you're making me sound old. Let <laughs> <laughs> <Can laughs> me tell
1: you something about or? I mean, Orange County Land Trust, that yeah. in itself was huge. And we were just talking about some of the plans for the Pulpit Rock uh, project, uh, which is going to be really interesting because the boutique inn that Stephen has planned for the site takes up about a third of the 10 acre site. okay, And then the rest of it will be used for having the highest biodiversity plantings in the state and probably well beyond. And as I was just mentioning quickly, our uh, foraging tours along with Mm -hmm. just regular uh, biodiversity tours, especially I'm excited about the butterfly tours that we'll do in our pollinator gardens. Yeah, I'm I'm personally very excited about that.
0: I mean, just that's, that's thinking about that and you could involve have adult tours children tours things like, i mean it really there's so yeah. much you can do with that it's Thank unbelievable you. yeah
1: we're, we're really excited and lisa you had mentioned something that we'd heard from actually our county's uh director of tourism we, we she called in on uh i think it was technically my show but you were the guest steven uh, a few weeks ago amanda yeah yeah great yeah. lady she is great lady yeah. And, um, and you had just mentioned ecotourism, and you were saying that's a huge sector of, uh, of growth sector of the tourism industry now.
0: Yeah, of course it is. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know what the percentage is uh, with ecotourism, but I mean internationally, yeah,, it's oh, not just for a sure. national, it's not just a regional, it's an international. Um, you know, I, I go to Costa Rica every year, and that's their highest. That is their biggest thing is ecotourism.
1: Yeah, without ecotourism, what would Costa Rica actually have a surfing? And technically, Great surfing, surfing. <laughs> Well, and surfing brings ecotourism and right. kind of vice versa, right, exactly. according to uh, Habitat. How do you feel, if I can ask you sure. as a private citizen with such an incredible acumen in these fields, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Lisa, oh, and I, I, I won't do that, <laughs> but I mean, do you feel that if we, well, when, it's just uh, according to the uh, process now with secret and everything and getting all the approvals, do you feel that this would bring in a significant uh, positive growth
0: so i my thing is all about smart growth, and obviously yep. I've been in a good portion of my career has been with some sort of land based organization some sort of land preservation garden preservation organization so to me smart growth is the way to go um, you know I think about how the land trust would work with developers yep. and they would work with a developer who was developing their their project, whatever it might be. There was one in Monroe, a large one in Monroe. And then a certain portion of land was put away for preservation. Uh, and that's smart growth, that's smart development. Right. You know, you're gonna get people who come in and just throw something down that's just you know, either an eyesore, not good for the land, not good for the local residents, or you have somebody like Stephen who's coming in and really as part of the community, your kids are here, is thinking about something that's gonna benefit the community, um, you know, from from what I'm, I'm understanding, the the beauty of the building is gonna be great. And I'm just gonna put it out there. This is funny because my daughter and I were in Rhinebeck, um, was it just last weekend, right after, right after Christmas we mm-hmm. went. And of course there's the Beekman Arms. Now oh, yeah. it's the oldest inn in America, but it's an inn and you can stay there but there's not other we have wonderful That's b&bs a, don't get me wrong sure but when i got married 15 years ago i had 35 family members who all had to stay someplace outside of warwick
2: Is, so and it's still, no one uh, ate, still today the same situation
0: right no yeah. one ate dinner here you know, they all ate where they were. Whether they were staying over at Crystal Springs, so they ate over there, or whether they were staying, you know, I, I don't remember where the rest of them stayed. Honestly, I think Middletown
1: was sure. was a big back one back then. Yes.
0: Um, so keeping them here is important, and they'll go out to eat here, and they'll shop here, and um, and maybe move here and purchase real estate here because no, we, that's. I mean, that's how most of us ended up here. I mean, I know Jay goes back for like forever here, (laughs) Jay's family, let me say. Yeah, but I know for me, I moved here and fell in love with it. A lot of people move here because I I hear from so many people. I went to the Warwick Valley Winery, fell in love with Warwick. Uh, That's why I moved here. Getting them to stay overnight is just going to make them fall in love with it.
2: 100%. And there's so many ways of preservation. And uh, one of them, which is not preservation, is doing nothing. Doing nothing is not a preservation. No, so it
1: isn't. I agree.
0: Well, and, and as I said, doing nothing, you know, you're you're willing, Stephen, to come in and and put in something that's smart development. If this, does, you know, God forbid, it doesn't go through, the next person might not. Be smart. About no,
2: it. <laughs> and uh, my my Great statement always was that uh, Warwick needs a hotel. Oh, yeah. Warwick uh, like desperately needs a hotel, right. and hotel is coming. If if it's not this one, it's gonna happen maybe next year or two years from now. Right. Could that be a Chinese investor? Maybe. Is gonna, anybody going to put that much care and thought into developing it as the guy who lives right next to it, whose right. kids are that's, going through Warwick school, who is deeply vested in the community? Right. That's, that's, that's the question that uh, you know, I'm always asking myself.
0: And just thinking about, you said kids, um, I love b and don't get me wrong. Sure. And I love going to them with my husband. I don't want to go there with my kids, but if I want my kids to come with me, yes. I'm going to stay at a nice hotel. You know, I'm not going to bring them to a B and B, so I don't That's see I don't see any um, conflict of interest with the B and Bs because I think it's a different clientele.
1: Absolutely, it's totally because different. Point.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- there isn't uh, any conflict because uh, to each its own, as they say, and uh, the, another good saying is that uh, the rising tide uh, lifts uh, all the boat. There you go. Uh, business, True. so so to speak, entices business.
0: I agree with that. You're not going to go stay in a in a community where there's one restaurant and one store. You want, you want that diversity.
2: And especially the inn being done because we're putting a lot of uh, thoughts into details, not only eco-integration, but how historically the houses should look like. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue with the same character of the neighborhood because it's wow. comprised of small uh, cottages. The hotel that uh, we uh, take as an example uh, to follow, so to speak, that model only exists in one place here nationwide in the historical neighborhood of Savannah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. Right, that's my husband's family's there.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, they, that's. That, that, and that has been viewed, that's a new concept in hospitality that has been viewed somewhat skeptically, yet at the end, the Historical Society of Savannah gave uh, to developer uh, Thinking Outside the Box uh, Award. Oh, and that uh, hotel has been named best, uh, South Best in 2018 wow. and ranked by US News number, uh, I think, number 12 in the country.
1: Wow. That's that's amazing. Well, let's let's hope that we see uh, the pulpit rock in uh, eclipse that and absolutely and take yeah. a, a better number, a better standard. No, because, because
2: the, the 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 uh, amount of uh, measures that uh, new recreational, uh, so to speak, mm-hmm. amenities that uh, Jay here uh, designed and conceived to be implemented in a hotel is, is mind-boggling, and oh, thank we've been you. trying to educate uh, people about it and putting up a half-page. Uh, Add in a Warwick Valley dispatch uh, every week and uh, it, it's uh, comprises of measures like uh, like kayak launch. And a storage. Uh, oh yeah, I was just going to ask: for-
0: Are you going to have some sort of bike bicycle rental? The, <laughs> the
2: pedal in,
1: paddle out. They're, yeah, you oh, ste- they, yeah. <laughs> are. Okay. Oh yeah, no. The the. In fact, we're we're going to be the first one that actually offers that nationally, where you technically just bicycle in. We've talked about it on the show before. You can lock your bicycle on the bicycle locking racks, and then you can keep your own watercraft if you're a Warwick resident or someone okay. sitting at the hotel using one of ours. Um, You can take out a a kayak or a canoe there, the family or just an individual, or what a great first date, you know, bicycling, go kayaking, and come back to your bicycles. And uh, so it's going to be totally carbon neutral, um, you know, day of recreation. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's real ecotourism. And um, that's how Stephen and I try to think, you know, I I hate to use those old expressions, but they do apply sometimes. And it's truly thinking outside the box. Uh, and we have to do that. We we want to see Warwick thrive. We want to see the business thrive. And when you're talking about a project, we're gonna have this historical inn uh, comprised of cottages that look a lot like the Victorians uh, that we see in town along with a, one lodge building in the center. And then the other almost two thirds of the site being wild, sort of our right. palette to make a, a real biodiversity um, cavalcade, if you will, something, right. you know, kind of based on uh, the Central Park theme. Yeah. That's
0: fantastic. I, I'm, I, not, I mean, I know Costa Rica is a long way away, but I'm thinking warm weather right now. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's great hotels that are very similar to this, right, in an area that we stay in. I mean, it's incredible what they give back to the community and how— Actually, what's interesting is all of their VRBOs and Airbnbs have risen because of this hotel that was founded there, because they're attracting people. The hotel, this hotel specifically works um, for the turtles. That's their thing, the nesting turtles. Um, And it has created this unbelievable sanctuary and now a huge tourism hotspot for this little bitty town in the middle of nowhere in costa rica and it's all because of this one person built this hotel in 1980 and something. Just think
2: of a fact that uh, we not only uh, uh, want uh, local businesses to thrive i would like to see historical society thriving as well and uh, right. getting that organized tourism flow to the village to the town right and that's going to become sort of like a stage from further exploring and uh, you know getting maybe some sort of presence of historical society in the lobby in the form of leaflets and booklets and uh, nice. maybe tickets and uh, i'm a member of uh, Newport Historical Society, and it's one of the best way. You go there, you stay in a hotel, you explore those mansions. or yes, how they right? like to mm-hmm. call it cottages, right? <laughs> the, yes, the
1: cottages of Newport.
0: Yeah, huh. yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, take one of those. <laughs> a,
2: come see my cottage, <laughs> you know. So we have a lot to offer to people, but at the same time, we cannot offer them uh, accommodations, and right. so they go by and just passing by, essentially.
0: Yeah, that's it's so true. And and you mentioned a great first date or something. That's creating memories. That's creating memories yeah. here in Warwick, well which said. is going to continue to bring them back. Maybe to build more memories here, you know? that's and that's that's great. the way I'm looking at that too. Is it's a, and it sounds like you know, don't get me wrong, Gladmere mentions beautiful. That's another yeah. clientele, but this is I think going to be a much more approachable, uh, project from one. Not well only said.
2: that, it's going to be open to uh, not only to visitors but to locals alike. And mm-hmm. like back in uh, in the days when uh, Warwick uh, went through the Hotel Renaissance. Uh, the hotels essentially used just like sort of like a social hubs uh, where locals would get right. and, and mingle i think you know during uh, civil war it, it was in one of the hotels where the regiment uh, that the warwick men were uh, yes. contributed to the, that's where they get as a gathering point there you go. so uh, no, it's it's great. Uh, I just got that uh, sign that we are running, uh, kind of closing uh, to the end of the program. Uh, it was absolutely great, Lisa, to have you. Thank I would you like for inviting maybe me. to continue. Um, with Come to my show on Monday if you could.
0: I will see. Okay, I'm homeschooling. I am homeschooling now, so we'll, <laughs> bring the kids. We'll bring
2: the
0: kids, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs>
2: no, I, I think uh, we. we uh, I, I personally, I learned something new today. I love uh, learning something new about Warwick every time we get together uh, through our trivia or through our guests and I want to thank you uh, for joining us and uh, like I said uh, please come and join us again and for all the listeners tune in for future programs thank you Lisa thank Thank you. you Stephen